Welcome to Celestial Insights, a weekly podcast that brings the stars down to earth. I'm your host, astrologer, coach, and intuitive Celeste Brooks. My purpose is to provide practical, unique, and insightful guidance to help you navigate the energies of the week like a boss. Hello, this is Celeste of Astrology by Celeste, and on this episode, I will discuss the astrology for the week of December 25th, 2022. I'm back from my vacation. I had a wonderful time. First of all, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, and any other holidays that people celebrate this time of year. I hope you are having a wonderful opportunity to get some downtime from the busyness of our lives. The theme of this week is surprise. And there are three big things I want you to think about this week. So for most of the week, Jupiter, the planet of abundance, is at zero degrees of Aries and is semi-square Uranus at 15 degrees of Taurus. And this is noteworthy for several reasons. Number one, they are both planets on world points. Jupiter rules abundance and just makes everything bigger. And Uranus is the planet of surprises, sudden breaks, awakenings, revelations. So there can be a lot of surprises this week. They can be happy surprises, but they also could be, you know, just something that comes up out of the blue. Now, both of them are on world points, so events can make the news and get attention. A semi-square is a half a square, so there can be some tension. Bernadette Brady describes this aspect as one that teaches us patience and persistence because we can have some delays and frustrated action when we are trying to move forward. And I can see this as someone tries to make a big splash, but it turns into a belly flop can be one of the things that could happen with this. So don't rush into things and forget about details. Mars is retrograde in the sign of Gemini, so actions people take, if they're moving too fast, they can screw things up or forget parts. Mercury's in the pre-shadow of its retrograde. Just be aware that this is not a time to really rush things and be careful in the kitchen, especially with knives with Mars retrograde during the holidays. Yes. Like I can see, you know, there's those videos of people deep frying turkeys and all the grease flies everywhere and, you know, they almost burn down their house. So let's not do that. And just be aware that there can be something big that happens. Hopefully it won't be an earthquake or anything. Uranus and Taurus, the ground shaking under our feet. I live in California, so that's always, you know, a thought with us here. But there will be some events that definitely make the news. Hopefully it will be mostly happy stuff around pregnancies and marriages and promotions and that sort of things. Although, you know, typically get a promotion in December, but whatever, a nice big bonus from your work hopefully is the surprise. The next thing I want you to be aware of is that we're having the 
Pluto return of the United States. This is something that's been ongoing all year. And this is the third and last direct hit is going to be happening this week on the 28th. So Pluto is the Lord of the underworld. It takes 248 years to orbit the sun. So people never have a Pluto return where it comes back to the place where it was when we were born, but countries and companies and buildings and things like that can have a Pluto return. Pluto takes around 11 to 30 years in a sign. It has that big variation because it's a trans-Neptunian object. It dances in and out between Neptune. Sometimes it's closer to the Earth than Neptune, and sometimes it's farther away. I am not an astronomer, so you can read Stephen Forrest's Neptune book, does a wonderful job talking about this dance that these two planets do. Now, it's been in the sign of Capricorn since 2008. Capricorn rules governments, big business, the elderly are some things that Capricorn rules. When Pluto first went into Capricorn is when we had that breakdown of the financial systems with the, you know, too big to fail and all of the financial crisis of 2008. Pluto is a higher octave of Mars. Some key words are intensity, power, obsession, rebirths, transformations that are non-negotiable. Wealth that comes from deep under the earth, like oil, diamonds, things like that. On a positive nature, Pluto can be cleansing, healing, regenerative. Sometimes people with strong Pluto energy can, once they're sick, have this ability to almost like will themselves better. Now, it has a lot of negative connotations and it's, uh, you know, it's a lot of scary stuff is related to Pluto. It can be cruel, brutal, barbaric, and sadistic, destructive, volcanic, can go to extremes. Nuclear energy was discovered around the time that Pluto was discovered. The war in Ukraine is extremely plutonic, where we're seeing like horrifics, the worst things you can imagine are related to Pluto. It's very, very primal energy. It can unearth things that were buried. It eliminates and humbles. It's our shadow energies are plutonic, things we would rather disown, taboo things and sexuality, like the really the like just the primal heat of sexuality is also plutonic. So two movies that I consider plutonic are Seven with Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt, which was that movie about the serial killer who was going through the seven deadly sins. It's a really great movie to keep in mind Pluto when you're watching it. Also, Nine and a Half Weeks with Kim Basinger and Mickey Rourke. So that's more of the sexuality and the obsession side of Pluto with nine and a half weeks. With seven, it's more of the brutal and sadistic side of Pluto. So those are two movies that you can consider if you want to, you know, meditate more on the nature of Pluto. So when people have Pluto transits, no one has a Pluto return, but some people have 
Pluto on their sun or crossing their ascendant or descendant or squaring, you know, their Mars or something, you know, some kind of transit like that. Your life is never the same after a Pluto transit. The planet moves only a degree or two a year. So when you have one, it's something that lasts multiple years because typically two degrees of orb on either side is when a, a transit is most in effect. People can feel helpless at some point, also empowered. It like eliminates all the excess in your life. Sometimes it can be the dark night of the soul, but also it can be just like this huge transformation when Meghan Markle married or met, you know, and had the relationship with Harry, the prince. That was a very plutonic experience that stepped her into immense wealth, power, but at some point she you know thinks she's like elevating herself to this you know big position but she wasn't even allowed to go out to lunch or whatever with some of her friends it was very controlled control is very plutonic clearly marrying a prince isn't all it's cracked up to be like they tell us in the fairy tales so getting back to the united states so we're having our third direct hit where Pluto's coming back to where it was when the United States was born. We had the first direct hit back in January, and the war in Ukraine started a few days afterwards, which had a big impact on the United States. Our natal Pluto is in our second house of assets and finances and values. So the war in Ukraine has very much affected our finances as well as our assets and resources, not just in the United States, but around the world, causing food shortages and amongst other things. The second one was right after Roe versus Wade was overturned. So really shocking to have a right taken away. And the people spoke at the polls about what they thought about that in the election last month. And so this last one, we don't know what the story is yet, but I have been studying this chart and it's really interesting. One of the key things about this is that Venus is at 23, Mercury's at 24, and Pluto's at 27 Capricorn. So they're all conjunct in the second house of values for the United States in the sky on the natal Pluto. So when I'm looking at this with the Capricorn nature, I'm seeing Mercury being related to commerce, transportation. Mercury is also about communication, Venus about negotiations, both Mercury and Venus are about negotiation. There's a need to compromise, come to agreement between parties. We can see that with this conjunction. And Pluto, like potential power struggles around this. Mars is retrograde and is going to be on the United States Uranus. So Mars at nine Gemini retrograde on the United States Uranus at eight Gemini And it's technically in the sixth house, but it's so close to the seventh house cusp that it feels like it's kind of pushing some pressure on the seventh house. The sixth house can be about open enemies or about things with conflicts with other countries, but the sixth house can be about workers and laborers and things. So I've really been thinking that one of the things that could happen could be that the strike of the railway workers could go back on. 
Retrogrades are delays. So Congress and the president enacted legislation and put into law something to stop the strike, but it could come back on because that would be really in line with something causing upheaval in the United States financial position. Also, on December 23rd, there's a deadline for the government to fund itself. Now, I'm taping this ahead of time, so maybe we already know the story. Another potential looking at this chart could be a government shutdown, where that would potentially cause a big financial shock to our system. Also, a stock market crash could be something that's related to this Pluto return. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, it won't be a foreign adversary doing something that causes a big shock to us and that causes, you know, really hardship and and more tragedy around the world. This is not really a Merry Christmasy topic, but this is but this is real life. We are, you know, in a time of transformation where things are being unearthed and revealed and eliminated and yeah, remade. But after a Pluto return comes a present. So after the difficulty comes the renaissance. So we'll just have to see how this plays out and what the story will be. We may not know until January, but we'll know soon enough if we don't already know by Christmas how the story is unfolding. And there may be multiple pieces to it. The last thing is that Mercury's retrograde on Thursday, December 29th. So that's another reason Mercury is so key in this Pluto return chart, because it's slowing down to station during the Pluto return. So it's barely moving in the sky. And this really could be about, you know, the government shutdown. And on this day, Mercury and Venus are both at 24 degrees of Capricorn opposite the natal Mercury of the United States, which is at 24 degrees of cancer in our eighth house of national debt, disaster, financial relationships with other countries. So yeah, there's something very key about Mercury and Capricorn and Venus and Capricorn being together and they're going to dance with each other three times during this time. Mercury is also sextile to Neptune and Pisces. So on a personal level, This can be a great time to review your plans and how you want to move forward in 2024. And with Neptune, Neptune is a manifester. You've got to imagine it. You've got to dream it up in order to make it a reality. Sextiles are opportunities. And with that Venus and Mercury together, yeah, you can really feel like some joy in the planning about what you want to do. But it's a time to review and revisit and slow down, do all the RE words. And, you know, we need to be very careful during this time with our plans and and things because, you know, retrogrades cause delays, reversals, reoccurrences of previous situations, things the planet rules become wonky. Mercury rules communication, transportation, commerce, all of those kinds of things. So, and Mars is retrograde in Gemini. Be very careful about, you know, identity theft or any kind of scams online. If you follow me on Instagram, I will never DM you asking you for a reading. There are a bunch of scammers that try to steal from people in my name and it drives me insane. 
And it's really a great time to, if you're going somewhere, to leave extra early because I think there's going to be travel mayhem during the holiday season because of weather. If the rails go on strike, I mean, that could be it, the rail workers. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, with a Mercury retrograde, we really need to take care to slow down. And it's double, you know, it's double trouble because... Mars and Gemini is reporting into Mercury and Capricorn. When they're both retrograde, it's really going to be a little bit wild with surprising stories. So Mercury stations retrograde on December 29th and moves back to 8 Capricorn on January 18th. You can look at your chart to see where this is occurring. And I feel like those two are tied together, the two retrogrades, because they both retrograde back to 8 degrees. Mercury will be King Kong's, the Uranus of the United States, which is at 8 Gemini, and Mars will be conjuncted. That's where they're both retrograding back to. And yeah, so the story will be all tied together. I'm interested to see how it unfolds. And yeah, we shall see. And you'll hear what happens from me. So on Sunday, the word of the day is kindness. We start the week with the moon in Aquarius. Aquarius is an air sign. And some key words about it are friendly, detached, intellectual. So I want you to think about how you can be kind. Because sometimes when we get a little detached, there can be not so much caring about other people's feelings. And Mars and the moon are out of bounds. They're a bit wild, answering to themselves not calmed down by the sun so people can be emotionally reactive and like saying things that or doing things that aren't very nice if they're not paying attention. And Mercury is approaching a sesquiquadrate with Mars retrograde in Gemini. So that's a sesquiquadrate is a square and a half. So it's a hard aspect. So this can be just flippantly saying something mean to someone. Don't do it. Neptune is trying Pallas Athena in Cancer, Neptune in Pisces, and Pallas Athena in Cancer. So Pallas is about strategy, and Cancer is about family. So how can you have compassion for your family and loved ones, even if they get on your nerves? And remember, when the moon is in fixed signs, because it will square Uranus and then conjunct Saturn, we don't break down we break through. So do your best on Christmas Day to just remember what you love about these people who sometimes get on your nerves. On Monday, the word of the day is elevate. We have a crescent moon phase starting at 19 degrees of Aquarius at 6.54 a.m. Pacific time. So go out and look at that sliver of the moon in the sky. This is when the light starts to come in. So whatever seeds you planted at the new moon in Capricorn, you may start feeling an internal push to start taking some actions to move it forward. With the holidays, you know, you can get so busy that we may get distracted about things. But I want you to like look at things from a higher view. There's a finger of God in the sky, this chart pattern, which is like you've been pointed at. And the apex is the south node in Scorpio. So the south node clears things out. It may be there's a need to release something. And at the base 
are Chiron and Aries and Mars retrograde in Gemini. So this can be an opportunity if you dredge up old stories and things that you could you know, hurt someone deeply, like deeply wounding someone and to a point that, you know, there's a difficulty to repair it. But you could also use this for healing old wounds, healing old traumas, just accepting the way people are and maybe even having, you know, a heart to heart with someone who's you need to have a conversation with with this. Yeah, that is quite a possibility for this. But try to have a higher perspective while you're engaging in this. And a finger of God is there's a planet at the apex that King Kung says two planets at the base that sextile each other. And King Kung says can move us into new situations where we have to release something. So hopefully like with your family, if something's revealed that you can just like let go of something. I really love that being able to let go of some old trauma. That's what we're called to do with the South Node in Scorpio, rather than bringing it all back up just to, you know, wound someone again. The moon will enter Pisces at 11.33 p.m. Pacific time. When there's a Pisces moon, this is a water sign. It's the last sign of the zodiac. There's always a sense of endings. So there may be like some tears may flow you know, a need to have some compassion for yourself and just watch out for too much escapism or desire to escape with this energy. On Tuesday, the word of the day is release. So this is a wonderful day to just chill if you can. Hopefully you have some time off. Great day, whether you have to work or not, if you can just like listen to some beautiful music you know, calming music, I think that would be very helpful. Also, meditation would be a great thing to do. Neptune will be conjunct Juno at 22 Pisces. Juno is the asteroid of marriage. She was Zeus's aggrieved wife. So maybe you'll need to forgive someone you partner with for something that happened over the holidays and release and let it go. On Wednesday, the word of the day is harmonize. We're still under the Pisces moon, but you just may feel, just start to feel a lot better with this day. On the day, Venus, the planet of love, beauty, and harmony is in a sextile with Neptune and Juno. So again, this is an opportunity to value people who have been there for you throughout the long haul. Venus is in Capricorn and Capricorn you know, is things that have uh, been around for a long time. And yeah, maybe even get together if you're going home, get together with old friends that you've known since childhood or something like that. It could be a wonderful thing to do on this day. People you've partnered with for your whole life. Yeah, that's lovely. On Thursday, the word of the day is compromise. Mercury will station retrograde at 1.31 a.m. Pacific time. Then the moon will enter Aries at 2.35 a.m. Pacific time. So people maybe feel a little fired up 
Aries is the first sign of the zodiac. It's a fire sign. It can make us feel like competitive, inspired, ready to go. Getting some exercise is a great thing to do on this day. And then we'll have a first quarter moon at 8 Aries at 5.20 p.m. where the sun is in Capricorn, squaring the moon in Aries. So we can think about the goals we set at the new moon last week and figure out, you know, which one, where we are with what we set. What do we want to move forward? What did we take on that we shouldn't have? First quarter moons, it's a crisis of action. It's a time where people make decisions and they may, you know, decide that they're going to change some traditions or do things differently in some ways for themselves. Maybe some people will be deciding next year, I'm not traveling for, for the holidays or something like that. Yeah, Aries, the sign that has a, the I am a lot to do with the self. Capricorn about traditions and longstanding things. So if you look at the 27 month cycle, there was a new moon on March 31st of this year at 11 degrees of Aries, which birthed this moon phase family. So look back in your, your diaries to see if there's anything back then that's resonating again now. If your chart is activating, meaning it's near one of your angles or personal planets, there may be a story. The full moon will be at 6 Aries on September 29th of next year and the last quarter on June 28th of 2024 at 7 Aries. So your chart is getting four hits at approximately the same degree and these advancing lunar cycles, which may be the story about yourself, how you want to grow, which new things you want to challenge yourself to do. You know, the pioneer is an archetype of Aries. Yeah, what can you be inspired to take a chance to do for, you know, your success and health and wealth and that sort of thing? Friday, the word of the day is reveal. The sun in Capricorn will King Kunks Mars in Gemini, Mars retrograde in Gemini. King Kung says, move us into new situations. The sun spotlights things, spotlights actions, could spotlight some, you know, some subterfuge. People may be finding things out about a relationship with that Mercury-Venus conjunction. When Mercury goes retrograde, secrets can be revealed. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with that. And on Saturday, the word of the day is delectable. The moon will enter Taurus at 9.08 a.m. Pacific time, and Venus will conjunct Pluto on this day. So this can be a very sensual day. It's a wonderful day to, I think it's a wonderful time to have an amazing date night. It's New Year's Eve at home, so you don't have to deal with crowds or people acting, you know, really crazy with Mars retrograde out of bounds. Yeah, I would recommend a night in if you can, or, you know, I would not recommend Times Square. I think that's going to be potential for, you know, people just being really extra out of control, extra drunk and all that sort of stuff. And with the moon in Aries, you know, really fiery, 
yeah, an argumentative. So anyway, I hope you have a wonderful New Year's Eve as well as any other holidays you celebrate. And that is it for this week's episode. Feel free to email me at Celeste at astrologybyceleste.com with any astrology and action stories. Or let me know how the daily themes are playing out for you. Take care and I'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening to Celestial Insights. To learn more about my work, please visit my website, astrologybyceleste.com, where I offer personal readings, horary consultations, cosmic coaching, group events, and classes to help guide people to higher levels of fulfillment. You can also find me on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and Facebook at Astrology by Celeste. If you enjoyed Celestial Insights, please help others find the show. Follow, rate it five stars, or write a nice review. I would so appreciate it. I'm astrologer, coach, and intuitive Celeste Brooks, and I'll be back next week.